What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you and your walk toward eternity and your walk toward becoming the particular saint that God our Heavenly Father desires for you and me and for all of us to become. Here is how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis. The list goes on. I would then spend time with your questions, pray with them, uh, have discussions with some of my friends about them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to grow in virtue. My disclaimer is this and has always been this. I'm not perfect. I am not infallible. Therefore, my advice for you might not actually be good for you. If that's the case, then please be free to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to become a saint. However, if my advice is helpful, though difficult, then I want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ in prayer and the sacraments and community so that Jesus can give you the graces you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you are a first-time listener, I want to encourage you to send me your own questions at askfatherjosh at essentialpress.com. You can hit me up with your critique, your criticisms, your concerns, your questions, your feedback uh, on further episodes at that website, at that email. Um, and you can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. And you can share us on your social media pages. This helps other people to find out about the show if it is a gift for you. Potentially, it could become a gift for other people as well. Finally, I have two books that I've released with Ascension Press, Broken and Blessed and Pocket Guide to Adoration. They're both available at ascensionpress.com. You can check those out. And if they're good for you, please pass them on to your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. On today's show, we are going to tackle the topics of spacing out children with natural family planning. What is the morality behind this? Uh, also, metal music. Some of that, ah, that kind of music um, that I clearly don't listen to. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't even know what that was. I was talking about my buddies. I was like, so one of my questions came in this week about metal music. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I mean, look, I grew up on like R&B and rap and pop and some rock, soft rock, but like metal music, I was like, what is that? So I have a pretty good idea right now. And finally, the most important question of all, belief in the Eucharist. Is Jesus Christ really present in the blessed sacrament? But before we get into those uh, those awesome questions, I got a glory story I want to share with you. So my glory story this week uh, is this. Uh, I received a new assignment in addition to my current assignment as pastor at Our Lady of the Holy Rosary Catholic Church. I believe I have the best parish in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. I have the best team of co-workers in the vineyard of disciples who I get to collaborate with on a daily basis. So I'm a remaining pastor. I get to also receive an associate pastor, one of my good friends from seminary, one of my classmates. He and I actually were in youth group together. Uh, Father Joseph Vu will be with me at Holy Rosary. And in, in addition to staying at Holy Rosary and getting an associate pastor, I have also been assigned as the director of vocations for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. So if you are listening to this podcast and you are thinking about the priesthood, praying about the priesthood, feeling called to discern, is God calling you to become a priest? 
I want to encourage you and invite you to hit me up again at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com or go to my diocesan email and shoot me an email so that I can potentially accompany you and walk with you in discernment. Look, I, I love the priesthood. Priests have been some of the greatest gifts that God has ever given to me in my walk toward eternity. I love being a priest. I've been able to accompany people who were um, at death's door on the way to heaven by giving them the last rites, blessed sacrament, holy communion, uh, anointing them, giving them the last rites, hearing their confessions. So, look, I absolutely love the priesthood. And if you think God might be calling you to become a priest for the Diocese of Baton Rouge, I would be so honored to walk with you and to help you to discern if God is calling you to uh, to our diocese to serve our people, to help our people become saints. So, uh, yeah, that's some exciting news. I am now the official vocation director for our diocese, in addition to being a pastor of the best parish ever. And so uh, if you are interested, please hit me up so I can walk with you and accompany you in discernment of your potential state of life vocation. Now, before, again, we get into our topics, I want to share with you some feedback from previous episodes. Alright, so our first and only feedback for this week's episode comes in from Ederin. Ederin writes this uh, full disclosure. Father Josh, I was raised Protestant by parents who were raised and then married in the Catholic Church. My extended family is half Protestant, half Catholic. But over the last 10 years, I've come to really desire and pursue to grow in intimacy with the Lord, to know him for him rather than to get blessings. Yes, amen. That's it. Like Jesus you're enough for me. I don't want you for what you could do for me, but I, I want you because of who you are. Mm, that's who you are. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. Yes. All right. So um, back to what you were saying for your feedback. Moreover, I have developed a love and admiration for the liturgical practices and intentionality of my Catholic brothers and sisters, particularly as the Spirit speaks correction over the habits and rhythms of uh, this world that I have followed versus the spiritual disciplines outlined in Scripture. Although I still identify as a Protestant, I very much desire to learn more about and adopt the sacraments and liturgies practiced by the Catholic Church. TBA, if the Holy Spirit leads me to gather with believers at Mass every Sunday after this season of virtual church closes, but no matter what, I am encouraged and grateful for your podcast. And shout out to the Abiding Together podcast that introduced me to you. Yo, I love. Michelle and Heather and Sister Miriam James, those women are disciples of Jesus Christ who I am so grateful to be friends with. But back to you, Ederin. Uh, praying for you and your loved ones. Thank you for shepherding the body of Christ with grace, kindness, faithfulness, and love. Uh, may God continue to use you and bless you, your sister in Christ, Ederin. Ederin, God bless you. It is a gift to be able to walk with you toward eternity. Uh, yeah. So, with that being said, let's jump into today's questions. All right, first question comes in from 
Uh, Floor. Floor writes in about spacing out children. She says this. Hey, Father Josh, I pray you are well. I have recently begun to listen to your podcast and it has been a blessing. So thank you for that. I recently got engaged to my fiance and I will soon begin virtual NFP, natural family planning classes. I know and believe that birth control is not something we should practice as Catholics. And I understand artificial birth control. And I understand that the reasons for that. However, I have heard that NFP, natural family planning, can also become sinful uh, if used for selfish reasons. I really love kids, children, and I yearn to be a mom, but I really want to wait a couple of years after marriage to have a baby. I'm still open to anything God has in store, and if I get pregnant before I plan to, I would be happy and excited. But my question is, is it sinful to want to space out your children for no other reason than because you want to spend those first couple of years alone with your husband, praying for you and everyone at Essential Press. Thank you in advance, Floor. Floor, that is a phenomenal question. And it's actually, it's, it's a question I get quite often. Um, I'm a huge proponent of natural family planning, a big supporter of all methods, whether it's the Billings or the Creighton or the Synthotherma method. I love to promote NFP because, um, as you probably know, many uh, contraceptives can be abortifacients. Many contraceptives can mess with a woman's cycle. Many contraceptives can bring about cancer for a woman. Many contraceptives can uh, do a lot of bad things to women. And I believe that women should be reverenced. Women are the greatest gift of creation after Adam, God created woman and woman. And so I believe that we need to reverence our women and protect our women. And, uh, cause you know, we get our name from a woman and a game from a woman. So why do we take from a woman and we hate our women? <laughs> Shout out to Tupac. <laughs> but so I, I am a huge supporter of NFP and I'm grateful that you and your fiance plan on practicing NFP in your marriage. So as far as, is it sinful to want to space out your children for no other reason than because you want to spend those first couple of years alone with your husband, I would encourage you to do this. Ask Jesus in prayer, right? God created you and your husband, your fiance to become saints. And so can NFP be used for selfish reasons? Yes, it can. Anything and everything can be abused. However, I would encourage you and your, your spouse, your fiance, once you get married, the two of you become one flesh. The two of you should be encouraged to imitate Tobit and his wife, Sarah, and go before Tobiah and go before the Lord and ask the Lord daily, how do you want us to enter into this marital act? Every time you either choose to or choose not to engage in the marital act, ask Jesus, invite the Holy Spirit. It takes three to make a baby, you, your husband, and the Lord. And so I would encourage you to pray and discern, God, are you calling us? Because, you know, there might be seasons of your marriage where you're like, you know, we really would love to conceive right now. And the Holy Spirit might be saying, nope, not today, not right now. And that be, might be other seasons where the Holy Spirit is encouraging you and inviting you and prompting you to enter into the marital act. And you and your fans might be like, nope, we don't want to. And so in those seasons, it's time for you to surrender to the wisdom of the Lord. Does the Lord desire for us to conceive a new life? I think that the very fact that you're asking this question means that there might be something in your heart that's a little bit unsettled. Um, and so take that to God and sit with God, not only right now in your engagement period, but also as a married couple, always go to the Lord and ask the Lord, like, God, what do you desire for us? Like, and take into account, like take into account your emotional well-being, your psychological well-being, your physical well-being. 
take into account all of that. But at the same time, at the end of the day, it's always best to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want? We want to come before your throne and ask you, are you inviting us to spend this next six months to to intentionally to try to avoid? Are you inviting us? I mean, and bottom line is this, anytime you practice NFP, you're always open. That's the difference between NFP and artificial contraception is with NFP, there's a chance that you could get pregnant, right? Even if you follow the method to the T, there's always a chance that you're open to Holy Spirit. You could bring about new life. But um, yeah, so the, the discernment is that always to say like, God, like, look, I want to give you what is my best. I want to give you my my first. And so what do you want? What do you want for me and our, our marriage and our family? Are you inviting us, Holy Spirit, to 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 bring about life or not right now um but at the end of the day the gift of nfp is you're always open there's always open um and so i i would just encourage you uh to to begin to bring that to the lord like do you want to offer god your first fruits or do you want to offer god um what's remaining and if you want to offer god your first fruits then your first fruits can only be discerned together in prayer before the Lord with scripture and blessed sacrament um in prayer with Jesus Christ so go before Jesus Christ and ask him, God, what do you want for us? Are we being selfish right now? Or are you inviting us right now for our psychological, our mental, our physical well-being to avoid pregnancy, but be open to pregnancy, be open to life because we are practicing NFP? Um, or God, are we being selfish right now? Are we thinking about ourselves before we're thinking about your will and your way and your time being done in our walk toward eternity? So, yeah, Lord, that's what I would invite you to do is with your fiance. And then once you get married with Jesus in prayer, go before the Lord and ask God, Jesus, what do you want for us and for our marriage? And I would also say this, like, please do not take your fertility for granted. I've accompanied so many women um, who are not able to conceive. And so fertility is a gift. Being able to bring about life is such a, a gift that God blesses some people with biologically and other people he blesses them with spiritually and other people through adoption. Um, but like, I would really encourage you to like, make sure that you're not taking fertility for granted because we might not always be able to conceive. And so, uh, yeah, just encouragement. I'm not saying you are taking it for granted because I don't believe you are, but I'm just saying don't. Like if if there's a chance that you like might be like, don't take it for granted because being able to conceive a new life and work with your husband and the Holy Spirit to bring about a new creation that will exist for all eternity is a huge, huge gift um, from the Father. And if you're not able to conceive, look, praise God. He has another gift that is best for you in your walk toward eternity and your walk toward becoming saint, which might be to help other people become saints as spiritual children or it might be to adopt kids. Uh, who knows what it might be? So just always be open to the Holy Spirit. And I just want you to know right now, as I'm recording this podcast, there's a mosquito that is flying around me and it keeps hitting my blind spots. And that dude is like hardcore. Got oh, I almost had it. I straight up almost had it. It got it got me. So uh, in the name of Jesus, fall back, Satan, fall back, bro. Don't play with me. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I think about that. Speaking of like blood, um, that mosquito is trying to suck my blood out of my system. But there's also some blood that we feed off of as Catholics, hopefully every single Sunday. And for many of us, even daily mass as well. The Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Our next question comes in from Jeff. Jeff writes this. Hey, Father Josh, I just want to reach out to you about something I've always struggled with being Catholic. 
And that is that the Eucharist is the real body and blood of Jesus and not just a symbol. I believe in the miracles that have happened and and I want to believe, but I feel like there is still something missing inside of me. I will say that I do get a special feeling after receiving the host, but I think the fact that the host still tastes like bread, I, I struggle with it really being the body of Christ. I'd really like to hear from you to see what I can do to help improve my faith and belief. I feel comfortable going to you because of the way you proclaim your message, being 32, because when you 32, ooh, ooh, and somebody tells you they want you to believe in the Eucharist because he is God, I find it refreshing and more easily relatable to a younger priest and someone who is as honest and straightforward as you are. Oh, praise God. Um, thank you. And I'm so glad that I found your podcast. Thank you. And God bless Jeff. All right, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, number one, I mean, at the end of the day, we just have to ask God to give us the grace to believe. I remember like in John chapter six, imagine you were there in John chapter six, when Jesus Christ gave the bread of life discourse. And I would encourage you uh, to always, Jeff, always daily prioritize praying with that specific chapter from the gospel of John chapter six, Jesus Christ is speaking to his disciples and he's giving them the bread of life discourse. And he's talking about the manna from heaven that, that came down from the, the skies that fed the Israelites for, for 40 years. And it was this, what is it? Miraculous bread. He said, but your ancestors ate that bread and they still died. He said, I am the bread of life. If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have eternal life. Remain in me and I in you. Eat my flesh and drink my blood and you will have eternal life. When he said this, Jeff, a number of his disciples left him. They're like, we can't believe that. We don't want to believe that you want to give us your your flesh and your blood to drink and your flesh to eat. And they walked away. And anytime in the Bible, biblically speaking, when people did not understand, Jesus would always explain himself. For instance, like whenever the apostles did not understand what Jesus was talking about when he said that Lazarus was sleeping, they were like, oh, cool. Lazarus is clearly taking a nap. And he was like, no, what you don't get it is that Lazarus is dead, but I'm about to raise him back to life from the dead. And so when people did not understand, Jesus would explain himself. But in this specific situation, he didn't like say, oh, like, y'all don't get it. What I'm saying, like, let me make myself more clear. He said to Peter, oh, do you want to go too? Like they're leaving. Do you want to go too? He didn't say like, you don't get what I'm saying. What I really mean is it's just a symbol. No, he was like, no, this is my blood, my body, my blood. Do you want to go? And Peter said, but Lord, for whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. Do you think that Peter got it at that moment? Probably not. But again, the Lord gave him time. Peter was like, you know, Jesus, I don't fully understand your teaching, but I get you and I trust you. And so Jesus asked you, Jeff, can you please trust him and lean into him and ask him, like, God, I don't get it. I know what your church says. And I know in the Bible that you spoke over the apostle Peter and you said, what you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loose on, in heaven. So I believe that what Peter says is true, but I don't get it. I don't get it. At the last supper, Jesus Christ said to the apostles, this is my body and this is my blood. He did not say this symbolizes my body, this symbolizes my blood. And you know, Paul, who was not there, Paul, who at one time was Saul, who persecuted Christians, who had a conversion. Paul, he himself writes about the body and blood of the Lord. And he says that if you eat the body and the blood of the Lord unworthily, you're condemning yourself. You're putting judgment upon yourself. If you read the early church fathers, the earliest Christians, what they wrote about, they all were very clear that the Eucharist really is not just a symbol, but really is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. We don't just follow what Father Josh says in 2020. We listen to the earliest Christians who were actually there, who were disciples of John, the beloved apostle, who were disciples of Polycarp, who, who was a disciple of John, the beloved uh, 
the beloved disciples. So we have the early church. But then I would encourage you most of all, like, you know, read those scriptures, pray Lexio, read them. What do they say? Meditate on them. What do they say to you? Pray, have a conversation with Jesus and contemplate them. Sit with the Lord. But also just go to adoration. Go to adoration and sit in his presence. There's no way that you can go to adoration, Jeff, and not be transformed over time. It's like going to the beach. If you go out to the beach and you sit out in the sun for a long time, whether or not you realize it, you're going to get either a suntan or a sunburn. But bottom line is the sun will change you. Jesus Christ, the Eucharist, the Son of God, will transform you over time if you just simply kneel, sit, lie prostrate in his presence. So the best thing that I would encourage you to do is read the scriptures and sit before Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Occasionally read the early church fathers as well, but like just sit with the Lord. Another thing you might find helpful is to read about Eucharistic miracles. There have been so many really powerful, beautiful Eucharistic miracles that might also inspire you. But yeah, I think if you just sit in the presence of Jesus, ask him for the grace to believe, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, um, and read those passages, then in his will, way, and time, like he will help you. But let's not put a timetable on it. I think sometimes we get frustrated with God because we put a timetable on, all right, if I pray with this scripture for this many weeks, I should believe by the end of the month. Don't do that. Pray with the scriptures, visit him in the Blessed Sacrament, remain in a state of grace by going to confession and worshiping God at Mass, and trust that when it is best for you to be able to have the faith in the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist, got him. I got oh, that mosquito. I thought I got him and I didn't. He got away. Uh, I almost had him. Dude is like getting my, my blood right now. Um, when it is time for you and it's best for you, it will happen. But I'm going to be honest. Like this, this mosquito is relentless on trying to get my blood out of my body right now. And I would encourage you to imitate the mosquito and be relentless and going before the Lord. Over and over and over again, no matter how many times I swat at this mosquito and it gets away, it keeps coming back for more. So no matter how many times you go to adoration, there's always more for you to get um, by spending time with God in prayer. So Jeff, I pray and hope that helps you and your walk toward eternity. Hit me up at askfatherjosh at essentialpress.com and let me know. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dive into our final question about metal music. Ah... Uh... <laughs> Did you know that every single item in a Catholic church points us towards heaven? Make every visit to a Catholic church a powerful reminder of God's presence with a new book from Ascension, The Sacred That Surrounds Us by Andrea Zachman. The Sacred That Surrounds Us awakens Catholics to the mystery of the seemingly ordinary items we see every week at Mass. It explains with clarity the symbolic realities and historical facts of each one. To order The Sacred That Surrounds Us, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we are back. Final question comes in from Henry Henri about metal music. Uh, y'all know I love music now, but I'll be honest with you. This is one genre that I have not really listened to in my life. So, metal music from Henry. Hey, Father Josh, my name is Henry or Henri. I'm Prov from Providence, Rhode Island. My question is this, is metal music bad to listen to? In high school, I listened to metal music. Being a musician myself, I love the instrumentation of metal music more than most modern pop music. Uh, as a Christian, is it bad to listen to metal music? I love the podcast. Keep up the good work, Father. Um, yeah, so that's a great question, Henry. So I'm, I'm addressing this question the same way I addressed, I think my very first episode was Game of Thrones on this podcast like three or four years ago. 
I've never seen Game of Thrones, and I I address the question based on just like a little bit about what I know from what I've studied. But I'm not speaking from experience because I don't jam out to metal music. I mean, I'm more prone to jam out to some Gregorian chant, right? Ubi caritas, or some uh, some R and B. Cause all of me loves all of you. Um, or even some Bone Thugs and Harmony. What do they say? Boom, 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 boom. Tell me what you're going to do. The judgment comes from you. And maybe even some pop music. Since you've been gone, I can't breathe for the first time. Uh, so meta music, I'm not very familiar with, but I would I would just propose this. The sermon is this: is does the music bring me closer to Jesus Christ? Does it draw me closer to God, or does it pull me further from God? Right? Does it draw me closer to Jesus in virtue? Am I more at peace? Am I patient? Am I kind? Am I gentle? Or does it pull me further from the Lord? Do I become more impatient? Do I brood? Am I drawn to wrath? Am I drawn to lust? Like years ago, I, I was talking about the ludicrous song uh, from my childhood. I'm not going to give it the full name, but it was like basically like, it was like, oh no, the light's out. I'm about to not wait. Oh no, oh wait, fight's out. I'm about to knock yo lights out. And so when I was in high school and that song would come on, it drew me, it pulled me further away from the gospel and it drew me to want to engage in wrath. So that rap song was not actually good for me but there have been other rap songs that have been good for me so does this actually draw me to virtue or pull me to vice is it a near occasion of grace for me or is it something that precedes me committing sins are the lyrics in the song objectively good or are the lyrics in the song objectively bad irregardless of the beat or the sound like are the lyrics good or bad I think why I won't come out and just condemn all metal music, number one, because I've never listened to it. But number two, I don't know what the lyrics say. But number three, like, what does it draw within you? Um, for instance, if I was talking to one of my buddies about this, he's a philosopher and uh, we had a great dinner tonight and we talked about this topic. And he said, look, if it can get your feelings going and help you to be more intense while you work out, um, as long as they're not bad lyrics, if it helps you to work out, working out is a good thing. Being physically healthy is a good thing. So that could be a good thing. If it draws you to like be more intentional about your workout, as long as it is not glorifying the enemy and not proclaiming anything anti-gospel, anti-Christian, anti-church. However, um, if it is, then you, you pull away. But like if it's just capturing some raw emotions, emotions aren't bad. The Psalms and the Word of God, the Bible, the Old Testament capture every single kind of emotion you can ever imagine. Joy, sorrow, sadness, happiness, struggle, anticipation, uh, and anticipate. You hear that? That was a word I made up. Anticipation. You hear that? That's a big word. Um, <laughs> anxiety. Like the Psalms have all these different emotions. Emotions are not bad. So, what human emotion is that particular song capturing? And does that human emotion help you to persevere in your goal? Hopefully, your ultimate goal is to become a saint. But even in your immediate goal to work out well, or does it, in some way, shape, or form, pull you further and further away from being the member of the body of Christ who God is inviting you to be. So it could be good and it could be bad depending on what and who you're listening to and what they're saying and what it does for you. 
there might be some people who could listen to metal music if it's good lyrics and it could potentially draw them to the Lord in some way, shape, or form. In that case, it would be a near occasion of, of grace for them. But there are other people who they listen to it, and no matter what the lyrics say or not, just the, the sound of the music might be a near occasion of sin for them. It might precede them doing something that is not good for them in their relationship with Jesus Christ, and they'll walk toward eternity. So it's all about discernment, 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 discernment. Discover what it does for you. And objectively, is it good or bad? So you have to, two things. Objectively, is this song good or bad and subjectively is this music good or bad for me so it's all about discernment bringing the lord into that as well and asking the holy spirit to enlighten you because he wants you to be a saint if it doesn't help you be a saint drop it drop it like a bad habit if it does help you to be a saint and it doesn't help other people then uh, prioritize it in your life but don't put it on other people cool so i hope on that was helpful for you let's go ahead and pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit Jesus, help us to become saints. Jesus, help us to fall ever more in love with you. Jesus, help us to follow you. Jesus, love us well. Give us the grace to perceive your love, to know your love, to trust in your love. May your love guide us and our walk toward eternity. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, y'all. Hope today's show was helpful for you. Stay tuned, and I cannot wait to continue to walk with you toward eternity.